The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. I don't know if you've heard the news yet, but this girl, this one right here, the one talking to you, SJR, has got cowgirl boots again. I am in that great state of Texas, and I'm warning you right now, your girl finna be in her Texas bag heavy, okay? And to kick off my first podcast from the Lone Star State, my friend, my co-host today is LaToya Luckett. You all may know her as an original member of Destiny's Child, a phenomenal actress, an amazing mom, and basically a Jay Bolin fashion icon. But if you take the time to really listen to her today, you're going to learn that she does all of these things a little bit afraid. If you're like me, and sometimes you're saying yes, and why at the same time, God, why me? Why, why, why? But also here I go anyway. I have a feeling that you are about to be amazingly blessed by her transparency and vulnerability. Let's go. Okay, friends, so it is no secret that you have grown up really with a lot of people watching. Um, They've seen lots of changes in your life, the good, the bad, the highs and the lows. You have to tell me, how do you deal with growing with an audience? Like a lot of people have different changes and shifts in their lives, but they don't have as many eyeballs looking at them like you did. But I do think in some ways, whether it's just our family circle, our schools, our churches or communities, we're all growing in front of an audience, but you grew in front of all of us watching what was that like for you? Oh, pressure, pressure, pressure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we, especially in the teenage years, you just trying, you know, you're, you're trying your, your family, your parents, 
um, you're coming into your adulthood and it gets tricky. Mm -hmm. And when people are watching and, and having opinions, it's just a different kind of pressure on you. Um, but I will say, I'm grateful that I learned at a very um, early age to be aware mm -hmm. uh, that people were you know, going to be watching and they, you know, we went through, uh, especially with artist development and uh, starting so early, um, you know, our interviewing skills, how we talk to people, um, how we carried ourselves in public. We were trained to be, you know, next level with that. Yeah. Um, so we knew how to keep quiet, <laughs> put mouth closed, uh, be ladylike, all these different things. Um, and I feel like because um, because of that training and because of our upbringing, um, there was a lot of less trial and error, if you will, in the public eye. And we didn't have to, um, we didn't, I, I guess I feel like I didn't have to, everybody didn't see the, the really, 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 really bad parts because I, I learned at a very early age how to protect that, um, which can also, be stressful um, because you're always overthinking yeah. and and going, wait a minute, I got 10 steps ahead because I don't want no, you know, nobody to see me off and I don't want anybody. And I think I'm just now coming into that place in my life where I'm going, let your hair down, sis. Yeah. You're human. You're not always going to get it right. Things aren't life go life. Yeah. And sometimes your testimony can help somebody. So um, those imperfections make you human. It's so interesting you say that because people ask me all the time, like, what was it like getting pregnant as a teenager? And I'm like, I am grateful that I got pregnant before social media. So it wasn't on the shade room. Nobody was writing about it. But I am now like in this stage where I realize that so much of what we do is being documented online. And on one hand, yeah. I feel like that's you know, terrible because you have bad days and now everyone's going to see them, whereas it would have been something that was kept private a few years ago. But yep. I also wonder, though, living with that image a few years ago that was so controlled, so manufactured, meant that there even your bad days no one saw. So they only saw this one version of you. And I was going to ask you, how do you break out of your life being performance, not just something that takes place on stage, but when it's down to how you mm -hmm. speak, how you interact with people, how do you break out of that and give yourself room to just breathe? Like, was there a moment where you were like, you know what, whatever, this is who I am. Like, what was that breaking point yep. for you? Ooh, transparency, transparency, baby. It, it, it works wonders. I think once I started having kids, yeah. Um, and Actually, I was on a um, I was on a reality show at the time when I first got married. I was pregnant with Gianna, and I allowed myself to do that show. And I, I you know, definitely okayed it with um, my ex husband, you know, because I knew eyeballs. This was going to increase the amount of eyeballs. But I said, you know what? I think one because I trust this production company. I there was you know the, the history of the show before us. I enjoyed it, um, and I could tell that they protected the families that were a part of the show. Um, but I felt like, you know what, why not allow people to see the ups and downs? Yeah. Why not allow people, why not be transparent? Why not be okay with not being okay sometimes? Um, it helps not only the people that are watching and going, 
man, she goes through the same thing I go through. Um, but it also was in some in some ways it was therapy for me mm. uh, to not feel like I had to be perfect all the time to say, OK, you know what? I'm going to mess up as a mom sometimes. I'm going to mess up as a wife sometimes. I'm not always going to get it right. And that's OK. Yeah. And it's OK to not be OK all the time, because one, I feel like I see so many people suffering in silence because they feel that they have to put on this front and this representative and they can't be themselves and they're scared to be transparent. And I'm going for what, baby? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Why suffer in silence? Why feel like you can't have a voice? Why feel like, hey, guys, I'm over here. I'm feeling overlooked. I'm feeling like nobody's getting me. I feel like I'm I'm a little too rough around the edges sometimes. And, and you know, they're hiding. And I I love being able to be real. Yeah. And it's making me fall deeper in love with myself. Um, more than I ever had before. And especially as a mom, because baby, <laughs> no manual, I know. And, and give us no manual. No instructions and batteries. Nothing was included. Um, they were just like, yeah, this is yours and good luck. And um, my mom journey, especially with everything that's taken place in the last few years, um, you know, I, I sit down with my kids and I say, hey, you know, please give me some grace yeah. because mommy's not going to get it right all the time. I'm not going to say the right things all the time. And granted, they two and three. But mm. I think they get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think they're hearing me in their own little way. Um, but, yeah, I feel like transparency. Um, and, and once I became a mom, that allowed me the moment to say, hey. It's time to it's time to let that guard down. It's time to. To be okay with not being perfect. Yeah. And, and to let people in, but still protect your heart, still protect your space as much as you possibly can. Have your bounds, put up your, you know, your boundaries where they need it. But this whole you gotta get it right all the time, that's never gonna happen. Has so, having yeah. your own children helped you to understand more things about yourself, like when you were a child and growing up? Because I have found my daughters are 13 and 6, my my babies that, I, that lived inside of me. And I've got older daughters, too, but I've never gone through this teenage years before. And now that I see my 13-year-old and even my 6-year-old, it's helping me to understand better what it was like to be raised the way that I was raised and why I have some of the wounds or some of the triggers that I possess as you're stepping into this role, this guide of mothering your children. Is it confronting some of your own childhood traumas and issues? I guess I'm assuming that you have them. I think that everyone's got a little something from oh, their childhood, I, but yeah, I don't know. Got them. Maybe it's a little. <laughs> Should I roll out? <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. It's like being on a landmine. No, I'm playing. So, um, yes, I definitely have my my triggers. And when I watch my daughter, um, especially when she's going through confidence issues mm. already at three, yeah. and I'm going, wait a minute, wow! Like she's looking at you know how long her hair is and her complexion, and she's noticing a difference between cartoon characters that she might admire and watch and. Um, and just things that are said. And, and I'm like, okay, first of all, I got to now watch the way I talk. I got to, I have to always remind her that she's beautiful, that she's enough. Um, 
it's some, I'm trying to think there was a certain instance, there was something that happened the other day and it was, it was, um, it was very triggering, um, for me. Um, and by the way, the patience that you learn when you have babies, oh, is, um, that's next level. <laughs> we can get into that. We can get into that later. But, um, I think the way that I said something and the way that she took it, she was, Oh, she was singing out loud and baby at the top of her lungs, at the top of her lungs. <laughs> and I had to be very careful in, in the way that I told her, Hey baby, use your inside voice. Because I remember when I was coming into my voice and learning how to sing, I remember someone telling me to shut up. Wow. That I was, you know, I was off or annoying when I was just trying to use my voice. And in that moment when she was doing that, it was a little nerve wracking mm-hmm. because of the volume. Yeah. But I, it was triggering for me. Like, I dang, I remember when that someone said that to me and how that affected me. So I have to now, yes, I want her to quiet down, but I have to make sure that my delivery doesn't scar her later yeah so how do i say this without you know (laughs) um you know create creating a trigger a possible trigger for her later um because i'm being triggered at this point and you know i just nicely said oh my god baby you sound so amazing but because we're inside let's just bring the volume down a little bit but you sound so good and i want you to keep singing but just bring it down a tad when we get outside i want you to, i want the heavens to hear because <laughs> you have such a beautiful voice um but i i do remember when when i was learning how to sing and, and realizing man i i, I want to be the next whitney houston i want to be the next yolanda adams i want to be i remember just a simple critique or someone saying something out of impatience has now scarred me at 40 and I have an insecurity when it comes to using my voice sometimes. Um, so, yeah. Okay. There's that. Yeah, no, we got to talk about that because, like. <laughs> <laughs> if you say that I'm an old school cook, one that's high key set in her ways, sis, I wouldn't even try to defend myself. I tend to go with what hasn't failed me, especially when it comes to cookware. But your girl has been venturing out with my Dutch oven cooking pot from Caraway. I love that their non-toxic cookware has a modern look with the naturally slick cooking surfaces, which means I'm not sacrificing my family's health for an easy to clean pot or pan. Talk about a win-win situation. It's not just my family benefiting from the dopeness that is Caraway. Over 25,000 others love Caraway too. You have to hop on this love train with us. I promise your chefing skills will thank you. Visit carawayhome.com slash evolve to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash evolve or use code evolve at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. I was going to ask you, but you answered me. I was going to ask you, how did that person, whatever they said to you, how did that affect you into your later years? And you're telling me that even now that you often have an insecurity with using your voice. Mm -hmm. And yet most of us know you because of the use of your voice. So can we talk a little bit about how you experience 
an attack in the area where you also experience blessing. Because I think a lot of times we see someone who's blessed. We see someone who's fortunate to be in spaces and rooms that maybe we would only dream of not realizing that you can be in a blessed space, but still have a voice in your own head that says you don't belong to be here or you're going to get taken out. There's someone better than you. So you can't even enjoy the blessing that everyone is applauding on the outside because you've got that persecution taking place inside of you. Oh, you just want tears today, huh? No, no, no. Just truth. (laughs) She she wants the river. Um, (laughs) So, man, uh, all of that. You literally just spelled out exactly what I go through in a room, um, especially when I'm about to share my gift. Mm. The anxiety that I feel sometimes. The feeling like I'm not enough, the feeling like, oh, I'm going to be off because that if someone is constantly telling you something, you're going to believe it. Yeah. And even though they might be saying it out of love, they want to say it to make you better. Um, it can sometimes have the opposite effect on you. And I think that that's what I experienced as a young girl. Um, whew, when I was eight, nine, ten. You couldn't tell me, couldn't sing. Mm. That was the one thing I knew I had in the bag. I was like, okay, you said gifts, God, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the one. All right. Um, and I would, I would go off, go out for all the leads, lead roles in the plays at school, you know, talent shows. Oh, y'all gonna get these vocal cords. <laughs> like it was all that. And then when I went to the next level um, in using my voice, which was, you know, using it professionally, um, you know, there were, cr- of course, critiques that would come. When you're taking voice lessons, when you're in a group, when you're doing, you know, these things on a large stage, people want you to be at your best. Right. And I think in those moments when I was getting instruction, because I was so young, I was a- applying it in the wrong way. I was hearing it as, you can't and you're not good enough instead of I'm doing this to make you better. This is what these are, you know, you're going through these voice lessons so you can learn to protect your vocal cords and you're not screaming. Uh, you want to be on instead of off. You don't want to be sharp or flat. You, this is how you, you know, this is a better way to help you use your gift. But I think because I was so young, I didn't, I didn't take it like that, you know? Um, and it, I started to kind of retract and kind of like go into a little shell of, I can't, I can't. So now, even when I'm about to perform on stage or when I'm in a room full of singers, sometimes I feel like I don't belong. Mm. Sometimes I feel like I don't deserve to have a seat at this particular table. Um, But it's one of those things where I fight myself in my mind and go, hey, yes, you do. God gave you this voice. You're supposed to be here. You're good enough. It doesn't, you know, you sold your records. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it's okay to not be perfect as far as being on point, on note all the time. Have emotion when you sing, Toya. Allow what you've been through to come out when you perform. Um, And then use 
what you've learned. And of course, you know, in, in voice lessons, things like that and apply it. But at the same time, I, it's, it's a struggle. It's, it's straight up war at times um, when I'm about to use my gift. And the anxiety I feel when someone asks me to perform, my God, I'm still seeking therapy. About that, Lord. Okay. So, all right. So I had this, I was having this conversation with myself because I was like, um, I just recently preached at my dad's church in Dallas and, you know, Pre- I feel about preaching the way you feel about singing. Like, I think that it is my gift. I think that it helps a lot of people. But I also don't. It's just, I just, what I have to go through to stand in that moment is very stressful. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of second guessing. And sometimes I get tired of telling people how insecure I am about it because I don't want it to sound like I'm whining or that like, oh, she's just saying that. But like, I really don't think people understand how taxing it is for me to overcome my fears, my insecurities, my anxiety to stand in it. And then I think it's more pressure when like things go well, because they're like one thing she not going to do is miss. And she tore that. And then it's like, oh, Lord, but we barely made it into the moment to make it happen. And sometimes I'll be asking myself, like, what is it going to take for you to no longer reject this thing that God gave you? Like, what is it going to take for you to finally get to a space where you own it without apology and not fear that it's pride or not fear the moment you own it, you're going to lose it? Like, what is it going Mm -hmm. to take for you to just say, this is who I am. This is what God gave me to do. And now I'm just going to work it. I don't know if it's an age thing. I don't know if it's an experience thing, but sometimes I wonder what is it going to take? So I'm asking you, I want to glean from you. Like, what would it take for you to finally say, you know what? I got this. Like, this is what God gave me and I'm good at it. And it helps people. Like, what would it take for you to say that? Pastor Sarah, I thought you had the answers. <laughs> no, girl. By the end of what she was going to say, mm. uh, there was an answer tucked up right underneath that. Because um, I don't have it. I, You know, when people say, this is crazy. When people say, you hear old folks say, once I got a certain age, I didn't care no more. Yeah. When I hear them say that, I apply it to my gift. I go, yeah. am I going to feel that way about my gift one day that I don't care about people's opinions or whether they say I'm on or off? And by the way, since I've put out albums and performed live and, you know, done solo this and that, people don't critique me as much. Yeah. So it's really a war with myself. Right, right, right. No, we're not even talking about something that other people say. We're talking about the voices that live within me. Yeah. Right. So, no, I do not have the answer. I don't know what age. I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, I've done the praying. I've had the anxiety attacks in the bathroom, but right beside the stage before I go on. I've gotten the messages from my family, my fans, people who support and love me saying, Toya, you got this, you got this. And I'm like, y'all don't understand. I don't feel like I have any part of this yeah. or should be any part of this. Like, and this is my gift. How y'all know my gift better than I know my gift. I'm feeling it. And I'm feeling the anxiety. Why are you more sure than me? You know? And uh, I have my lashes on and I don't want to cry. Um, it's still, it's still a work. It's still, a, cause you're so vulnerable. Yeah. And then I guess you feel like, you know, what, what makes us great in the moment is we give into the vulnerability and we 
we go for it anyway. Yeah. We're still brave enough to still stand in it and go through it. And the relief you feel when it's over. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my Lord. Oh my goodness. Don't get me started about when it's over. I, Jesus, you Ooh, did it again. Take it was, me to eat. <laughs> take me. I want the carbs and the sugar. I did it. I did it. And also, I'm never going to do it again, but I did it. I don't want and you probably got to do a next ending. Right. And I'm probably going to be having to do the next day. I'm telling you, I, I was on tour with, I'll never forget, I was on tour with Mary J. Dodge, and this was when my album was coming out. And I was doing spa dates, but my spa dates back then were like 106 in Park. And I'm like, y'all going to make 106 in Park my first performance? I literally <laughs> went off on management. Like, are y'all crazy? Why are y'all doing this to me? They're like, this is the biggest opportunity. I said, so why make it first? I am not ready. What is happening here? And, you know, I found myself of course, still showing up, still doing it. I, I still, somebody, um, ooh, somebody did a meme or it wasn't even a meme. Um, this, he's, his name is Reggie. He's so talented. He's on IG and he remakes, I'm sure you've seen it. He remakes scenes, like scenes from reality shows, videos, mm. but he uses things in his house around the house. Oh yeah. Um, like this little black tiger or like a can of peas or something funny, um, to remake the video. Well, he remade one of my first videos of me singing Torn as a live performance. And people were like in my DMs like, yo, this is so funny. Oh, my God. But they didn't realize how triggered I was yeah. because I started to feel the anxiety from that moment mm. of me performing and how I, they literally had to push me on stage and how I didn't want to do that show at all because I felt I wasn't ready. And I was so triggered. I couldn't even really watch you know, I couldn't, I definitely didn't watch it to the end, but I couldn't watch this funny little thing that was steep as of last week, you know, going up in numbers, people thought it was amazing and just so funny. And the remake was absolutely hilarious, but I was almost in tears. Like, Oh my God, I remember that moment. But once I got on tour, <clears throat> um, shortly after that performance, once I got on tour, Mary J Blige, I literally watched her every night pour her entire soul. Um, into every single performance. And one thing we know about Mary is one, she's going to sing you down, but mm. two, it's going to be full of emotion. Mm -hmm. And especially when it gets to know more drama, girl. Okay. And so I was like, okay, she don't care. Yeah. She, it's, she's not thinking about, yeah, she's thinking about having a great performance and she's thinking about, you know, making sure she sounds amazing, which she always does. But I can tell her first thought is emotion. And so what I learned from watching her every night is to like to say, Toya, like be transparent on stage. Use the emotion to carry you through this performance and the notes will be there. Yeah, they'll be there. You know, the notes, you know, the songs, you know, the lyrics But people are going to. Feel, they want to feel you because there are people out there that can sing down and, and, and I mean, on every single note, but if they're standing and there's, there's no stage presence or you can't feel it, you're like, okay, all right, this was all her outfit was cute. But you're not going to do that when you're watching Mary J. Blige. You're going to be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like when she says no more pain. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. I felt like God had me there. He was like, okay, enough of this. Let me, let me get you on the road for three and months and some change with somebody who uses their gift to change lives. And it's not about being perfect.
perfect in the moment. It's about, she is literally, and she would say it every night, this is like therapy for me. I need to get this out. I learned so much from watching her, you know, go through that. Um, So, yeah, God will definitely show up and put you where you're supposed to be. (laughs) But I can just remember every night getting on stage, like, the exhale that I finally got to take. It's, 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 it's like nothing else. It's like nothing else. Okay, so I hate to interrupt all of this good conversation, but I wanted you to know that I want to talk to you too. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your thoughts and opinions. You can send me your application, your video to be a co-host to podcast at womanevolve.com. Let me know what it is you want to talk about, why it's important to you that you be on the podcast. Maybe you're like, girl, I am not going to be on anybody's podcast. I don't do talking to people. First of all, this is a sign, overcome yourself. But if not... You can send me an advice question, podcast at womanevolve.com. Okay, let's get back to the podcast. I wonder if you're like me, so as it's a head game up until the moment that I'm in it. And then it's a heart thing because I realize that the only way that I can stand up to this moment is if I get out of my head. In my head, I'm persecuting this the way that I sound. I'm persecuting the way that I speak. I'm persecuting the, the verbs that I use, the nouns, the vocabulary. Like in my head, I am judging myself and showing up at the same time. But there comes this moment where it's It's like, all right, it's time for me to step fully into this moment. I got to step fully into this message. I have to do it from the heart. And who I am when I am in that moment, I really like admire that version of myself. I don't get to be her very often because I think I'm often in my head criticizing and judging. But when I look back at clips, when I look back at moments that happen in the middle of a message, I have realized that in that moment, I am living like fully from my heart and I look confident and I look bold and and I've got this handle on things that I don't have when I live in my head. So maybe it's less about like, what is it going to take for me to overcome? it and more about how do I just learn to live from my heart where I know my intentions are pure, where I know that I'm giving it the best that I have, where I am finding the joy in the moment, not the judgment in the moment. Maybe the real gift of standing up to difficult moments is how do I do it from the heart instead of doing it from the head? Ooh, and I know what you're talking about because when you're in your message, when you start holding the mic at the top, <laughs> like a rap artist. Yes, I oh, she in it. <laughs> is she in it? She muscling the mic, y'all. Look at it. And she start going, and that fist get the ah. You know, I, I those are my favorite moments. That's when you are going in. You don't oh, whew, I just wish you could see, and I know probably people would say this about me, but I wish you could see you, and I'm glad you get to see yourself through those clips but I wish you could see you the way we see you. Mm. Like I, I know when that head gets to shaking and that might get to <laughs> cuffing and you know, you get the, with the fist. I'm like, can't nobody beat her in that moment. Mm. No one, there's nobody on this earth that can mess, mess with pastor Sarah in any way, in any capacity. I don't care who, what, I don't care if you know the Bible in, out, upside down. When you in that moment, since you are, the effect that you're having on us, I can't put it into words. You see, I'm having difficult. I can't do it. I'm having difficulty. You are somebody else. And you can tell you are just, it is coming from the heart. 
Because you, you're not thinking in that moment. Yeah. I can literally tell you're not there. Is nothing, you didn't write none of that down. Yeah. None of that was practiced. You are literally taking your heart and doing this. And yeah, I do have those moments, moments in my performance, especially if I get to talking about what made me write a certain song, mm. where I, the headspace that I was in, um, or if I see a young girl who could be struggling with something in the crowd and I, I talk straight to her or I'm singing straight yeah. to her, I know that I'm moving her. I know that I'm having, you know what I mean? That she's feeling me. Um, and those are the moments that I love the most on stage. Uh, so yeah, I do eventually get out of my head and into my heart. Um, but it takes a while. It doesn't, it doesn't happen on the first note. It doesn't happen sometimes on the first or second song. Maybe it's the last song that I finally go, you know what? I think I'm up here. I'm up here. Mm. So. <laughs> I hope y'all are liking this. because I finally, <laughs> I just arrived. Yeah. I know we're on the last song, but I just got right. I'm so here now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here now. <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 it does. It, I, I really hate that we do that to ourselves, but that's when you know that you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do Yeah, and, and you're walking and living in your purpose. And it's not a fight. It's not, I mean, it's not easy to use our gifts and because they're gifts and because they're so precious and so fragile, yeah, fragile. the enemy knows how to mess with us about it. You know what I mean? And the enemy is sometimes you, yourself. Yeah. It's not some magical, you know, with horns, beast, the character you've created. It's really the voice in your head telling you no. Or that, or that those past hurts, those things that trigger you the most, things you heard in your childhood. They're all gathered there saying <laughs> the negative things that you don't want to hear when you're in your most vulnerable moment. And I can say to the both of us, I am so glad that we defeat that enemy every time. And we still are bold enough to stand in our purpose and use our gift. Even when we could be suffering the most yeah. or struggling the most with ourselves. And can finally at the end say the work is done. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and most of the time it's just beginning. <laughs> we, we think it's done. Right. We, we're like, whoo, that's finished. The guy's like, yeah, sit down. <laughs> now that that's out the way. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, man. Yeah. Using your gift isn't easy. Yeah. It's not easy at all. Um, yeah. It's the one, it's the one, sometimes the thing that I'd rather not do. Talk about it. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, um, I feel that in a deep way because, yeah, I don't want to, I never want to sound ungrateful for the gift or, be, you know, like I don't honor it or value it, but it really does require you to live with a level of resiliency that I'm not always sure I have. Ooh, write that down. Can we tattoo that? Yeah. Face <laughs> on my yeah. body. I <laughs> like I am, it is. So when you said fragile, that resonated with me because it does feel very fragile. Like I am one comment, one article, one post, one family member's 
thought away from it breaking. And Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know, this probably isn't going to make any sense, but I think living from the heart is the prerequisite for honoring your gift. And that Mm -hmm. means living in your heart even after it's been broken, even after it's been shattered, and trusting that your heart is more resilient than you think it is. And if your heart is more resilient, then you've got fuel for the gift. You've got fuel for the purpose. But I think so many of us experience disappointments. We experience heartbreak and it keeps us from living in our heart and we use our head in everything. But it's going to take both heart and head to stand in any moment that is connected with our destiny. And I feel like this decade of my life is about rejoining my heart and my head so that I can experience Mm -hmm. like the fullness of my life. Amen. Look, they've got to marry at some point. We yeah. keep hooking them up yeah. on dates and right, things. Right, right. They like booty the calls. They not. It's this situation ship, <laughs> one night stands, and like they really want to go together. Like we need to they stop. They want to go together so bad. And I'm like, girl, figure it out. Like, they, I don't know what's going on. So I'm somewhere in this decade, I am going to hook them up. Yes. And walk them walk them down the aisle. Baby, yes. We gotta get this new neither one of you know what you're doing. You need to be together. Cause you're both and messing my like life up. Single? Right. You don't like being single. Y'all don't want to be outside. <laughs> like, y'all do not want that for yourselves. Like just get it together. Like, I mean, they really like each other. They, they like each other. They for real. So I don't I don't know what's going on. Like I'm just woof. It don't work out with nobody else. Nobody else. You don't try. They <laughs> try. Just go ahead and surrender. <laughs> surrender. Goodness. But yeah, we we gonna try. <laughs> Starting my day with prayer and meditation has honestly changed my life. It allows me space to clearly hear from God and to set intentions for my day. I've even found myself using the Abide app in the middle of the day when it starts feeling like anything other than what I'd hoped for. Whether an unexpected issue arises at work, my kids start to stress me out, or I'm simply feeling a bit off, meditating has helped me recenter and mentally get my day back on track. If meditation is new for you, or if you're already a meditation vet, Abide can help you with your meditation goals. It's the number one app. For a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off a premium subscription when you text Sarah to 22433. Get started now with 25% off a premium subscription by texting Sarah to 22433. You'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and so much more. Take advantage of this amazing offer and try out the two-minute sessions that you can choose from with topics ranging from overcoming anxiety to finding forgiveness. Support this show and get 25% by texting Sarah to 22433. Okay, LaToya. We have an advice question to answer, okay? One of one of the girls, the girls need us, okay? 
right. It starts off, I want to say I love the show. I would hear quotes and little clips. But once I found the podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, she is real and even more so my age. I started listening to the podcast because I wanted to heal after a breakup and work on myself. I was with the man for four years and knew him for eight. We were always great friends. So that's why we decided to try a relationship. It came after I had already had my daughter. He is the only father figure my daughter has and knows I always loved that about him, how he was a hard worker, a man of God. He is 10 years older than me, but that didn't matter. We were good. Fast forward, I suffer from anxiety and it started to get bad. Now he is not the best with stress. He just says, you're fine, get up, dust it off. Well, when we broke up, he says he was unhappy and he couldn't do it. That echoed in my head for six months. So at Christmas 2021, he, of course, still came to bring my parents gifts and my daughter, and then he gave me one. I asked if he would talk to me since we never did foreclosure. He said that he had to leave to take a bike. Well, I asked if it was for someone he was dating as a gift. He said, yes, I was broken. I always thought we had hope. I always thought we had hope because he still checked on me and he still cared. Now I think that I am the one that was toxic because he was the only great man I had. My past boyfriends, one beat me, baby daddy verbally abused me and the other cheated. I feel so depressed now and lost. I miss my one chance at happily ever after. I miss my chance at love because I couldn't explain my mental health or communicate it. How do I pick up to be happy for him because I will always love him and fix me? Oh, girl. Yeah. That is layered. Oh, that's a... Wow, that is so layered. Man, I mean, <clears throat> her accountability, though, mm-hmm. go star. Yeah. Um, That's the first step. Uh, realizing that... Realizing the part that she played. A lot of times, we start <sighs> playing the blame game early when it work, doesn't work out. Yeah. And... She said, no, this is the part that I played. And, and, you know, I don't think she should take full responsibility. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like she should start doing her work based on that. And what I also don't want her to do, put all of her happiness in him. Yeah. Um, and that baby's going to be okay. Yeah. That baby's going to be just fine. Just fine. Um, and what's for you, and we hear it all the time, like what's for you is so for it's for you. You won't miss it. It won't miss you. And homeboy might've just needed a break. He might just needed a little woo saw to come up the air, but you, because you can tell that with him having such a good heart and being as thoughtful as he is, he feels everybody's stuff. And if you were given heavy, he just might've needed a release. It's not to say that he still doesn't love you. He doesn't want to be a part of your life, your children's life, your family. It's not making him the bad guy. Um, I'm loving his honesty. His yeah. transparency. Trans- what? Because homeboy would be, who, what? Yeah. You gonna tell me you got to make with somebody else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Thank you. Um, so I see why he's a great guy. I see why you feel like, oh, I did it. But this is your work. Do your work, your self-love and pulling yourself out of whatever this is. And I know anxiety is probably one of the hardest things to shake, but you can believe it. um, Start trusting yourself, but start doing your work on your mental health. Um, You know, of course, we always say getting your Bible, start your prayer life. 
also meditating, getting still. Yeah. Like with when you have kids, it's super hard to carve out that time for yourself. And she's just got to boost up her self-love, which would then boost her confidence. And confidence is very attractive. Yes, it is. It's super attractive. Um, and when we start beating ourselves up in, in front of the people that we love, and then we go, oh, they'll be there. They got me. They understand me. They also don't want to see you doing that to yourself either. Yeah. And you start to feel... Like, um, I don't, I'm not going to use the word burden because you're not a burden and stop telling yourself that. Cause I kind of feel that you're telling yourself that you're a burden and carrying yourself as a burden. Um, so release, shake that. You, the lights, you, you are a light. Yeah. So carry yourself light, sis. Um, <clears throat> and I'm not taking that lightly at all, but, um, I will say, um, we got to just sharpen that confidence a bit. We got to sharpen that confidence. We got to, we've got to start doing the work and get that self-love together, that self-care. And insist, if he decides to, uh, I've been the corner, which, which call it the circle, but what's, you know, if he, if he, if he decides to come on round again, we'll be ready, but it might not have been him. It might've, yeah. he might've just been, he might've, God might've put him in your life just for that season. It might be someone else that's even better. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> start believing that. You're still the gift. Yeah. And he knows it. He knows it too. But you got to know it. Like, you have to know you're still a gift. You're still the, the wonderful person that this person grew to love. Just because you might feel like you were the toxic one that, that you know, caused the breakup. Stop telling yourself that. He didn't say it, obviously. I haven't even had to talk. Okay. So stop telling yourself that and start doing the work. And let go as much as you possibly can of the weight of that relationship not working out yeah. and blaming yourself for it. Man, I was thinking about what you were saying about how someone told you to shut up at an early age and how that affected who you are even into your adulthood. And I have so many mm -hmm. countless stories just like that where I felt like my voice didn't have worth or value. When I hear this woman say that she lost her one chance at love because she couldn't communicate her mental health or she couldn't explain what was happening with her, I can only imagine what happened at some point in her life where she yeah. lost the ability to find the words to express how she was feeling. Maybe someone shut you down. Maybe there wasn't an environment that helped you have the tools and vocabulary to express how you were feeling. And what I would like to see happen is for you to have more compassion for yourself, for you yes. to really love the fact that you are on a journey. And if someone's going to be in partnership with you, that they're going to have to be patient with you while you learn the words to help you express how you feel and what it is you're experiencing. So for me, it feels like maybe he wasn't the one. If he didn't have the patience, if his solution was fine, just get over it. And you were dying or needing to be able to express yourself and he couldn't create an environment for that. Maybe it is better that you all are just friends. And I think the greatest gift you can give yourself is to really use your vocabulary, to really pinpoint emotions, to really understand what memories are connected yeah. to you, silencing yourself so that you can have greater compassion 
and then also introduce the way that your mind works, the way that you take in what's happening in your world to someone else, because you cannot love mm-hmm. someone or give your heart to someone if you don't know your heart yourself. And so I think that you're going to look back on this and you're going to thank God that it didn't work out Come because on. it was an opportunity for you to begin to date yourself, to understand all of your scars and your nuances and the joy and the light that you bring to someone's life. And so you did not miss your one chance. You are your one chance no. at love. You are your Woo! one chance at a happily ever after. It is not wrapped up in another person. It is wrapped up inside of you. It's wrapped up underneath maybe that shame, maybe that pain, but you are a gift waiting for you to unwrap. And so my challenge for you, friend, is to not wait for someone else to come around, but for you to be the light that you need in this season of your life and to find the love that is already there from a place of compassion and acceptance. I think that's the greatest thing you can do. Period. Period. Okay. And that's on period. (laughs) Okay. All the things you said, all the things that needed to be said. Yes. It's, and it's crazy how we can, we can do that to ourselves. Yeah. Like, is it? Ooh. Hmm. I'm trying, I'm trying to find my sweet words for this. Cause I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to compare. Go for it. But I feel like we desire this accountability from the other side, from, from our, from the guy. Yeah. Right. And we're so quick women. I feel to have that accountability and say what we did wrong. Do we, do you see a difference? Do you feel like women will show up first and have the accountability and play the blame game on ourselves Um. before we see it or get it from a man? Yeah, but I think that's I think that's baked into the culture. I think that we have a culture that doesn't always hold men accountable or give them passes. And I think part of us taking the blame has a lot to do with us just going with the fact that like it couldn't possibly be a man's fault. What did I do? What role did I play? Um, And I don't that isn't to say that there isn't a role that we played, but I do think that there's space for mutual accountability for him to say, just fine, get over it, suck it up. You know, that means he's not creating a space where you can even be human so you're going to end up performing in that relationship but it's so much easier and I think it's also a control thing because I think that if we take ownership if we take accountability then we think we can keep it from happening again in the future instead of just coming Mm -hmm. to a place where it's like you know what maybe we weren't good for one another maybe we didn't have capacity to really hold a space for one another but I think that our need to be in control makes us pick our decisions apart that control Yes, it's control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. making you? I, I, that's a question I've had. Yeah. No, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you because we're about to wrap up, but I wanted to know, like, what giant are you about to slay next? What thing is giving you anxiety? <laughs> you're rolling your eyes, but you're gonna do it anyway. You know, you're gonna have a panic attack. <laughs> gonna have to do some deep breathing, but I'm gonna do it anyway because whatever. I might as well. Yeah, it's um who it's a couple of things, but I'm I'm going to get in the studio and I'm going to make another album whether yes. I like it or not. <laughs> um <laughs> that is the next uh giant that I plan on uh slaying, okay? Um and also getting back out there and dating. Ah, I hear it's ghetto. I heard that. I heard that. So I heard that ghetto. about that. <laughs> Ooh. 
Raven, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's a giant. That's a that's a good giant too. That I don't know if I'm ready to take on. Um, I feel that it's necessary for me to. Go and here we go again. I can't just get out there and jump out and go. You know, be on the the dating apps and uh, you know, just meeting somebody at Whole Foods. Um, which I can possibly, mm. but a lot of times we feel like with uh, with our I don't want to say an industry thing, yeah. but like sometimes it's safer to meet someone through someone else who you know already knows the person and familiar with them and knows that they're not cuckoo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I making an album and dating again um, as a single mom. Yeah, two little ones, yeah. not teenagers. But baby babies, it's a difference. Well, let me um, tell you, it's easier to hook them when the babies are young because when they get teenagers, they can see whether or not they're going to be shaky. So they may not. But, you know, kids um, are real cute. They love them. They're real cute. They'd be all right. Yeah. Hook them now. Hook them now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hook them now. <laughs> hook them now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> no. Uh, one of my friends says the dating pool has pee in it. And I just rebuke yes. that. I rebuke that. <laughs> what I'm seeing and smelling so far is you. <laughs> Okay, so this was all the way right. She said that because I'm looking like, oh my god! I am speaking the spirit of chlorine in the dating pool. Okay, bleach, a a little ammonia. So, so, Lord, clear it up. My friends are in the water. Lord, clear it up. Okay, that is my prayer for you. And we are waiting, Lord, in more ways than one. Okay, we are waiting in this water, and it is just. Oh, it, it it smells bricks of urine. <laughs> it does, and I I I, I don't know what to do. I, I won't get out. Honestly, I'm gonna climb up the stairs and get on out of here. Um, but yeah, well, I'm guess I'm I'm like you. I'm playing for bleach. I'm playing yes more chlorine. Um, yes, because something's got to change. I don't know what's <laughs> going on in here? It's crap. It's crowded. You can't even <laughs> see that's the other thing. That's the yeah. other thing. It's crowded in here. My, it's crowded. <laughs> you can't even see my suit. Okay. Um. So. Oh Lord, that's funny. That's he heard. <laughs> he heard. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. I'm glad yes. this finally worked out. I know. Yes. I'm so. It's always a pleasure and honor speaking with you um and i'm it's it's also refreshing to know that we share some of the same um the same battles yeah um it's it's refreshing to know that you're not alone even it's even if it's you know with the different gifts but i it's always an honor um just to be in your presence and to hear from you and i was super excited that you asked me to come on so thank you thank you thank you thank you yeah you've been a light to us i hope i get to see you soon yes come on back to texas baby (laughs) i love you take care love you too bye latoya sis i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving us over an hour of your time to catch up to learn i feel so much more seen so much less alone on this journey of purpose because of you it's been my pleasure having you co-host with me today and i 
I know someone is listening right now and they're jealous because you were my co-host and they weren't. But we can end that with just a shot of an email. Email podcast at womanevolve.com and tell me about yourself in a quick one to two minute video. Or maybe you have a question you've been wanting me to answer, but you've been too shy to ask. Or you send a DM that I never open. My bad, girl. My bad. Send it to me to the same email, podcast at womanevolve.com. And I got you. I'll see you next week. Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.